Reflect Success podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, you might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. <laughs> hey guys, so we're kicking off another podcast. It is yeah. just me and Dean, no guests today. Other than... Other than that, and the huge ice pack in your pants. Yes, I do. It's cold. <laughs> I look like I have elephantitis, <laughs> which is something that I've always wanted. Is it elephantitis just of the pants area? Well, I think elephantitis is specifically related to the testiculars. No, I don't think so. Can't you have like elephantitis of the hand or something? No, I think it's specifically a um, a genetic issue whereby your nuts are so large. Okay, I disagree. Let's shake on it for who cooks dinner on Wednesday night. No, not really. Because you're, you're not confident that elephantitis is no, just of the nuts. I'm going to eat the same dinner I eat every, Anyways. every Wednesday and I don't want to cook two dinners. <laughs> let's, let's share. Why do you have an ice pack in your pants? Because I decided to take one for the team today. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying that jokingly. No, I got a vasectomy today. <laughs> you did. That happened. Holy shit. I couldn't believe it. Um, my, one of my friends called me on, was it Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday last week and said for, she had a, a kid and she never wanted a kid in the first place. And then she called me and she goes, guess what lizard, which is my nickname from this friend. Um, I'm pregnant again. And then Dean yells out, I booked in a vasectomy for Monday. <laughs> it was the weirdest timing ever. Uh, yeah. And today's Monday when we're recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. The day after my birthday. The day after his it birthday. It seems weird to take something away for your birthday. Yeah. But what it actually, today for my birthday, I gave myself freedom. Hmm. And also you. That's me. Hmm? Well, freedom is we don't have to worry about. Oh, you gave me freedom. Unplanned pregnancies. Gotcha. Uh, I will yeah. say this from the get-go. Like if you are in a couple you know, and you're in a relationship whereby you're both pretty certain you're not going to have kids. Mate, boys, gentlemen, take one for the team because it has very little, actually no impact on you as a male. Yet asking your female counterpart to take contraception to potentially get a hysterectomy and go through the fucking shitstorm that they have to do for birth control or is way more invasive. Actually having a baby when you don't want to, or mm-hmm. going through the emotional roller coaster of having a termination. Yeah. So I think if you're pretty certain, like doesn't impact testosterone function, doesn't impact sexual function, doesn't impact libido, it literally will do nothing to you pretty much as a dude, except for the fact that you'll shoot blades. And you can always freeze those bad boys in case you change your mind. And if worse comes to worse, they can extract one with a needle out of your testiculars. There you go. I mean, they're expensive, Ooh. so you've got to be sure before. Like, don't just, oh, maybe I don't want kids and then go get a fucking Yeah, no, like if you're yeah. certain and you're in a, you're in a um, Long-term relationship. committed relationship, I just think like it's yeah. not spoken about very much, which is why we actually thought we'd bring it up on this. Yeah. Because a lot of people are quite secretive about it. Um, do think they lose their manhood somehow, but... Because your manhood is your ability to get someone pregnant? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Anyways, that kind of brings us to the topic of today, which is, well, the reason we don't, what? the topic of today is semen and getting people <laughs> pregnant. No, the topic is, uh, we're talking about paying the price today. And yeah. the main reason why Dean and I don't want to have kids is because we just don't feel the urge to have children. I'm just like, I see a child crying and I'm like, you get that thing away from me. <laughs> I just like no motherly instincts for children whatsoever. I see one crying. Um, Why can't you give it alcohol? (laughs) Look, honestly, I think kids are really cute and I I, am good with kids and I don't mind playing with children. 
I don't want to clean a nappy. No, but we, we don't want to have children because we actually just don't want them. But also because Dean and I aren't willing to pay the price of a child. Um, yes, because with anything, there's pros and cons. Yeah. There are clearly a ton of pros to having children. And there's I think me and you people. would make great parents. I agree. I think I would yeah. too. Um, no? You're not yeah, going to bite, bite it? I think you'd be a great dad. Yeah, yeah. no, I just specifically ruled you out. Oh. And my, I isolated myself. That's right. Anyway, I don't need of, you to acknowledge you how good of, of a mother I would be. I know I would be a good mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's clearly a lot of pros, but there obviously are some cons and some costs. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so I've got a lot of friends who have children who tell me the good and the bad. Um, and for them, they're all really glad that they've done it. Uh, they'd probably have a hard time admitting otherwise anyways. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be that um, the cost is heavily weighed towards the woman because she's the one that has to have the medical repercussions on her body. There seems to be a lot of medical, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Complications with birth. I think like every female friend that I've had has had some sort of medical complication that is ongoing yeah. because of the birth. Um, even the emotional trauma of how many women actually have miscarriages. Yeah. And that's 25%, I think. I think it's higher. Mm, but anyways, there's obviously a financial cost of a child, but sleep deprivation mean you wouldn't be able to just spontaneously be like, hey, let's go out for dinner or let's go do this activity. Mm -hmm. um, when our dog Ruben passes away, on the last podcast that Dean and I did without a guest, I think it was, we mentioned that our dog has kidney failure. So he's probably only got a few months in him, unfortunately. I'd love for him to live forever. But when he passes away, Dean and I are going to start in Budapest, we think. Yeah, once Corona fucks off. Yeah, once Corona fucks off. <laughs> that, that would be our intention to travel indefinitely in short stays within different countries so that we can immerse ourselves. Mm, three months at a time. Um, and we wouldn't be able to... The, the cost of having a child would mean that we wouldn't be able to travel the way that we want to travel. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we're just not really willing to pay the price of, of having a kid. And so that kind of bring... And then we're, we're at peace with that. We know mm -hmm. that we've chosen not to have a child because we're not willing to pay the price and we're going to enjoy all the things that come with it. And for some people, the price of whatever it is, is just too high. And that could also be for weight loss or for strength gain, because it's not all peaches. When people lose weight, there's all sorts of things they have to do, mm -hmm. um, the prices that they have to pay. And part of good coaching is informed consent. Mm -hmm. You want to take us through that quickly? Oh, I would say the simplest nature of that is that the person who is about to embark on the journey towards the goal that they wish to achieve is given the necessary information prior to making that decision so that they consent with an informed opinion to know what they're getting themselves into. Mm, I guess it's like before you get a cert, like before you got your dick cut off today, that's what a vasectomy is, right? I now have no penis. Yeah. They said there could be this complication or that complication. Do you still want to go ahead with it? So. That, you, you signed one of those. You know, the good thing is about them cutting my penis off, though, is now I have great access to teabagging people. <laughs> it's just all nuts. <laughs> Fuck, what an unfortunate thing to have, just testicles. Um, um, yes, I had to go through, I had to read it, mm -hmm. and then I had to be taken through it again by the doctor, mm -hmm. which he then signed it, and then I had to sign it in his presence. Right, okay, wow. Yeah. A lot of informed yeah. consent. Um, so, yeah, informed consent would mean that we're telling the clients of the negatives that might can't look for the, for the price that they need to pay in order to yeah. reach something. Yeah. And we always see people like, Oh, I wish I had a master's or a PhD PhD degree like you, or I wish I had that really big house with a boat out the front as well. 
but are you willing to pay the price? Like I personally do not envy anyone that lives on a, within a $5 million mansion on the beach mm. or drives a Ferrari and drives it into a huge garage because the price that they would have to pay for that is just not worth it for me. I just think like mm. you poor bastard. Yeah. Like you must have no social life. Your health must be suffering. Like how much do you work in order to, mm-hmm. to have what you have? Like, I do not want that. Yeah. Unless you're a lotto winner, a lotto winner. you know, then, but then you, have, then you have the pressure of friends, mm. but it is true. I don't think, um, I said this to you before. I think that a lot of people set arbitrary goals without considering what is necessary for the goals to be achieved, mm. but not only the work that's necessary, but like you said, the price to pay. Mm. So, you know, like when, when you set out and say, Oh, I want to, I want to get a degree you know, and I want to get credits and everything or, you know, high distinctions mm. or whatever it may be You're like, okay, well that's now a 40 hour commitment for you for this, for yeah. the week. And you also want to pay rent. So then you need to work. Like, can you now afford to not have a social life? Do you have time to go to the do gym? Do you play any sport that you mm. can no longer play now? You know, like, do you have time to go to the gym? Do you have time to cook the food? Do you have the money to even buy the food? Yeah. You probably can only work a casual job. Like mm. while you're at uni, your professional life will suffer because you're kind of delaying gratification. There. Yeah. But a lot of people just set goals because it's what they think they want and they forget that they the probably price. have a lot of other things that they like too and they don't realise the price they're about to pay. Yeah, we're not trying to talk people out of getting degrees or getting shredded or getting strong. We're just talking about considering the price you have to pay to get what you want. And that there always is a price. There is there is you, always a price. You do not get, get away scot-free for anything, whether it be weight gain or even fat loss. And when you're trying to do something to the extreme, like get dick skin lean or be the strongest guy in Australia or live in a $5 million mansion on the beach, the price is so much greater. Mm. When the, the result is the extreme, the extreme. price is extreme. Mm. Yeah. So what are some other examples we wanted to jump into today to give some people uh, application? Well, I guess I wanted to give a, a personal story. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a five-story house with a freaking pool table and a boat out the front and like, yay, fantastic. That's but I actually... It's why you liked me. I thought you were pretty good. And then the moment I drove down to that house, I went, I'm onto a good wicket here. Yeah, gold digger. It's not my money. Didn't even invite me in though. Left my me. dad's. He fucking left me on the front lawn. You don't want to come inside the house with my, my dad the way he is. No, it's true. Anyways, um, so the personal story is that um, people might have thought, I, I'm sure you were joking, Dean, but people, yeah, I used to have house parties at my house all the time because it was a really fun house. And I'm sure people thought like, oh man, I wish I had this house. But the price that I had to pay for that is living without a family because my parents worked so hard to live in excess that they didn't have um, the physical time or the emotional energy to build a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think I've ever hugged my dad. I don't think I've, or he's ever told me he loves me. I don't think, like, I don't really even know the guy and I lived with him for however long I lived at home for. And the price that, I mean, I didn't even want to pay that price. It wasn't my choice. It was his choice to work so much. Mm. The price that I had to pay to live in a house like that was to be lonely in a big house. Like I'd rather the house just be like moderate size mm. and, and have family dinners and have a relationship with my dad. Yeah, I almost feel like now oh, in hindsight, having listened to like what he said, what he said before with work and then also yourself. My dad. Yeah, is that his goal was probably to earn good money to provide a good household for his family mm. and that's where it started but he probably didn't consider what that meant i don't think and he did, like, no like, and in and in, like he, he achieved the financial requirements to do that but in doing so he completely missed the costs from yeah. the family and social because i don't think he has friends oh no he doesn't have any friends yeah the guy works literally seven days a week and then when he moved to six days a week he brought work home and worked yeah. on the kitchen table because he had nothing to do 
He had, he had no other hobbies, no other interests. But I think that's a literally a perfect example of somebody who had a goal that was misdirected by not understanding the price he was about to pay for yeah. that goal. Well, I guess the goal was to support his family and and then he... Well, what's the words I'm looking for here? He... He, he looked too far. He, he didn't keep his eye on the prize, which was his family. Mm. He thought, okay, in order to get a happy family or a safe family, I need to earn more money. Mm. And then money became the goal. Yeah. Instead of like a means to an end, it became an end in itself. Mm. And, and yeah, it really cost yeah, the us The constant more. pursuit of progression in his work yeah. came at the cost of everything else. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. It's a goodie. Mm. So I feel like... Uh, an example from what we're actually trying to tie this into, which is strength and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can give us one for an extreme example you might be able to think of. Yeah. Uh, well, so, oh, I suppose it's extreme. Will's a big guy. Crozier. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. He, I'm sure he won't uh, mind me speaking on his behalf, but Will Crozier, a friend of ours and also an ex-client of mine, Australia's number one under 110 powerlifting um, competitor, currently doesn't have the record, but has won Pro Raw numerous years in a row. In the Australians, some of the, some internationals are beating. I think he's also be... Australia's under one ten uh, best dog dad. Yes, no doubt about it. <laughs> um, also a good um, lawn keeper, apparently. Yeah, he's really into his he's lawns, into lawns right now. now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so like Will's always been under one tens. He's always had to cut weight to make it to one ten, which came at a cost. But he understood those costs, and I think he actually um, navigated that quite well. Mm -hmm. We had very good conversations around what that was going to be like from a performance perspective. Time, diet control, all that jazz. Mm. Handled it exceptionally well. Kind of like ticked that box a couple of years in a row and then thought, all right, next goal, I need to be the best at the under 125s. And then he progressed up his weight category. Typically would sit around 115, 116 kilos, quite comfortable, cut to 110. And then he realized if I want to be really competitive at 125, I'm going to have to go up to like 125 to 130 to cut weight for that. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to start eating some food. You know, So like more food, supplementation considerations, and all of that comes into, you know, thought. And what ends up happening, I think, and what ended up happening with Will, is that he essentially needed to eat 24-7. Because he even as a 110, 115 guy, he was eating 7,000 calories. So he's going to require probably eight or 9,000 calories to get to 130. But, you know, um, his back was always tight. His hips were always tight. He couldn't really, you know, Definitely move around walks. dog walks for longer than 10 or 15 minutes because his back would get too tired. And his feet would He's hurt. out of breath. His feet hurt. Yeah. And it got to the point where basically you've got an individual who said, I want this next goal because it is the next goal. And the cost that he paid was essentially an inability to live life comfortably. Yeah. Or um, just to say yes to a random like hike with a friend or a random dog walk with a friend. Like he was really limited in... Yeah, even simple things like a big deadlift day in the heat during the summer would zap him for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, because the guy's pulling high 300s off the floor. You just don't recover from that very well. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really good example of something. Like most people, I think, think like, oh, there's lots of costs to pay for fat loss. You know, I have to eat less. I can't go out with my friends, all this sort of stuff. But it, it works both ways. Well, I mean, we did a podcast on the, what was it, the invasiveness yep. disruption scale. Yep. The, the more extreme your goal is, the more uh, invasive the protocols are going to be in your life. Mm -hmm. So if it's like you just want to lose a bit of fat, just clean things up, swap some burgers for some salads, swap your Coke for Diet Coke. Like it's not very invasive. Mm. But if your goal is extreme, then you need to take extreme action and then it's going to be more invasive. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, but again, this is one of those things where as an individual who's about to embark on a goal, the goal is realistically arbitrary in that it's just a thing that you think you want. Um, or it's the next step. Like, you know, you earned a hundred thousand. Now you must earn one fifty. Oh, are you talking you about know? someone sitting here? by any I've done that before. Yes, for sure. Um, but I had, yeah, I had arbitrary financial goals without any consideration for what that meant for me. I didn't think oh, more hours at work. I didn't think less social life, you know, or the, even the pressure to buy more materialistic bullshit. Thankfully I didn't get down that route because some shicky babe kicking up the ass. Hello. Um, or in the nuts and rendered me infertile. And I probably just wasted money on a vasectomy. Oh, we could have saved so much money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I think a lot of people see the goal and they think they know what the pathway is, but they don't consider the costs on the pathway. Mm. Like it's very easy to go, my goal is 125, therefore calories are X. Yeah. Exercise is X, training is X, supplements are X. Yeah. That's simple. Done. Mm -hmm. And then they forget about all of the sort of... What they have to give up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But you're kind of there at the moment because you're 110 right now. 111. One, one. 111 kilos. 0.11. Yeah. Interesting. This morning I always miss a one when I do a fast. I feel like it's getting there for you now that you're really trying to, you're really feeling like you're paying the price. Yeah. I will actually put up a post today of like Because you're trying to get to 115. 115. I put up a picture, a video today of shredded calves from Pontus Broke. Someone asked me to. Uh -huh. And um, they calves. said, Yeah, my calves. Uh -huh. And they said, I bet your feet hurt when you're that lean walking around. Yeah. I was like, Actually, because you get you lose the fat pad on the bottom of your feet as well. Uh, and I was like, Actually, I'm in more pain now because of the, the weight on my feet at 111. I've never been this heavy. Mm. Um, you still have six pack. Yeah. It's crazy. But um, for me, like, I didn't consider some of the simplest things is that it currently takes me 30 minutes to eat my food. And I have five meals. That's two and a half hours of my day dedicated to eating. Um, and I prep that food. Sometimes it's 20 minutes a, a meal, depending on if I prep things in advance. Yeah. It's like I lose like three hours, four hours to eating a day. Yeah. And it's actually extended my work days now and my work days have become longer, even though I'm doing no more extra work. Mm. Yeah. So that was something that I cost that I actually didn't consider. The but time cost to eat. Yeah. But it's actually been quite significant in its impact on my, um, my efficiency in my life. Yeah. Are you still going to get to 115? The yeah, price isn't too high? No, I just think, I just need, again, you learn on the way and you, hopefully you can, um, you know, mould yourself and become a little bit more efficient with how you do things. Okay. And so how are you going to do things more efficiently? Bulk cook sous vide chicken. Oh, yeah? Fuck, that's some, something I'm going to put out. That's something I'm sharing as well. Okay, good. Um, and I do my rice once every morning just for the day, which yeah. makes life a lot easier. In a rice cooker. The other thing I could do, which would be a lot easier too, would be to batch cook vegetables. Because mm. I still eat it. 800 grams of vegetables a day, six or 700 grams of fruit. It's a lot of fruit. Jesus. So delicious. What'd you call it the other day? Nature's Skittles. No, Nature's Skittles is what I call a good punnet of blueberries because every one is like a little oh. bit different, like a different flavor. I think I call fruit just nature's lollies. Okay. I agree. Yeah. They're delicious. They're better than lollies. Yeah, they are. But I, think, I, think I don't understand. Mick Lee, if you're listening to this, don't get it, mate. Hoggy, you're the same. He's <laughs> definitely not listening to this though. Hoggy's not listening to this. <laughs> but Dean used to call um, Starburst used to have or maybe they still do a packet of lollies and one of the lollies is in the shape of like uh, two cherries another one mm -hmm. is a strawberry Dean used to say he was eating fruit salad mm, it was good fruit salad <laughs> <laughs> yeah so just an, an example from me Dean's trying to get to 115 kilos and he's eating his way up and he's quite uncomfortable um, 
I'm 58 kilos on a light day, 60 kilos on a heavy day, somewhere between there. I'm not trying to do anything. Um, I'm going to start cutting in a few weeks. Uh, but right now and for the longest time that I can remember, I've just been trying to more or less maintain my body weight, which I can do pretty easily. Um, but because there's so many cues around me to overeat because we live in an obesogenic environment and I live in a house with 110, soon to be 115 kilo man, 111.11. Sorry, 111.11. There's delicious food all around me. I open up the fridge and I like smell this guy's rice first thing in the morning. And it's not that I can't that eat these foods, <laughs> but if I decide to eat the foods that he's eating or eat the same amounts as he's eating or even half as much as he's eating, mm. the price that I have to pay is gaining body weight. And there's nothing inherently or morally wrong with that, but I don't want to. I feel good at 58 to 60 kilos. I perform well. I move well. My clothes fit me well. Um, so I'm not willing to pay the price of eating like he eats. Yeah, like you but, can have whatever you want, but the price is you can't have as much as you want. Yeah. Like really, like last night we had ramen. Yeah. You know? I you, had half. You had half your ramen. Mm -hmm. You chose a like a, a non-cream miso oil-based ramen. Yeah, it was like so a lemon and pulled chicken With ramen. chicken, so not the, the char, char su, char su, the pork. And we had five gyozas and you had two. Oh, there were six gyozas six on the plate and I had two, two gyozas. So like, yeah. you know, you have all of the opportunity, but the price you would pay is if we went 50-50. Oh, yeah. And you ate like me is that you would end up half of like me. And I have lots of female clients who feel, I don't know, like jealous or annoyed or frustrated that their partners are eating all this food and losing weight or eating all this food and look so great or not gaining weight. And they can't do that. And they just think, oh, this is so frustrating. But it's like being annoyed at your sister for being taller than you. Like, what is that annoyance going to do? Like, we can't, this is physics. We can't change anything about, like, thermodynamics. My body weight is smaller. Therefore, my energy needs are smaller. If I eat more, I gain weight. Dean is nearly double my size. His energy needs or requirements are so much larger instead of being annoyed at watching him eat, I just a long time ago now just had to accept it. Mm. So I was annoyed for a long time. And so I just don't feel like a price that small people doesn't necessarily have to be girls, even boys trying to cut weight. I don't feel like a price that you need to pay is continuously being frustrated. I think like accepting just the fact, like the maths mm. of your energy requirements make it so much easier to maintain or, or lose weight. Um, and, and even vice versa, though, if you're comparing yourself as a 60 kilo female to another 60 kilo female who apparently can eat 30 or 40% more than you. Like, sorry, you just, there's a genetic lottery for some yeah. people, you know? Well, I mean... This is sort of like that sort of, um, mm -hmm. you know, like what's within your locus of control. Like you literally cannot change the amount of food that you can consume based on the body weight that you want to be. Unless, within reason. Yeah, unless you do a lot more activity. Yeah, within reason. But then there's a cost. But then you're paying too. the price of doing more activity. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like being mad at me that I can pee standing up. <laughs> well, I've never really tried, but shall I? so Dean and I bought this house, what, six months ago, the house that we live in now. Mm -hmm. And there's a toilet inside the shower. So I feel like if there's any time for me to try and stand up and pee into a toilet, it would be in this house where if I miss. It's still not going to be as good. <laughs> No way. But the point being is, is like you literally cannot. I can't change, change my anatomy. No. Your anatomy. So like, why be mad at me for that? Yeah. You know, I'm mad at you that I don't get to sit down and pee because I'm lazy. Unless it's the middle unless of it's the in night. the middle of the night. And then you're gonna do it. <laughs> We've told this story yeah. on the podcast before. Um, yeah, totally. It's, <laughs> it's, and, and it's also even the food one. 
I get jealous sometimes that you kind of just eat what you eat because I'm like, I'm done eating. Because you're so full all the time. But I also yeah. know that if I don't eat for a few days, I lose weight. Yeah. So it's just suck it up. Yeah. Princess. So moral of the story or summary, the price that I need to pay to remain at 60 kilos is, well, I'm reducing the price I need to pay by accepting the fact mm. that I can't eat as much as Dean to maintain our respective individual body weights. Um, and yeah, one of the prices is exactly that. I just, I just can't eat as much, but it makes it easier and more palatable if I accept it. <laughs> yeah. I think any time that you can accept it, it makes what seems to be like a difficult scenario far easier because mm. you realize you literally have no control. Well, I mean, otherwise there's a lot of anxiety that um, is kind of building there because I, if I'm not trying, if I'm not accepting the costs, then what I'm doing is I have this pipeline like, oh, I really wish I could eat as much as him, but I also want this and I want this, but I don't want to pay the price. And you're kind of caught in limbo, never really feeling at peace with where you're at. Yeah. And it's, it's not just about accepting the price of remaining 58 kilos. It's also the price of getting really strong. I really want to have a 300 kilo deadlift, 200 kilo deadlift, whatever it is. But I also want to go drinking with my friends on the weekend and sit on the couch when I'm tired instead of actually getting training done. Yeah. You need to pay the price. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the flip of it is that if you actually legitimately want it, you are aware of the price you have to pay and you're not willing to, then you just need to stop complaining about not achieving it. And goal. don't call people lucky who have paid the price and got what you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's not lucky. And what was that saying? I keep messing it up. The, uh, you know, overnight, overnight success, success takes years. Takes years or something like that. Yeah. It is because people just see the shell of what you've created and assume you've always had it. Mm. And they forget that you, or don't even realize that you've been doing it for 10 years repetitively paying this price for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we pay the price. This sounds negative, but it's by no means meant that way. But we enjoy training. And yeah. We pay the price even when we holiday, you know, we still train while we're on holidays, but we just get it like whack it out in 45 minutes to an hour yep. and a half. We just change it a little bit, maintain what we can. Even being online workers, we pay the price of never being able to essentially show have, a, holiday. Off, have yeah. a true holiday. So we don't get paid by our employees. Well, no. we do, we pay ourselves still, but the clients that we have wouldn't pay us if we just decided to shut up shop for two weeks. So yeah. like we pay that price knowing that the, what we get out of our job and the satisfaction we get out of our job is worth that. Yeah. We love working online because it gives us so much freedom and it means we can just fuck off to Budapest as soon as Ruben goes to dog heaven yeah. and work three months there. Then maybe Italy interests us and we'll go there. But the price we have to pay is never feeling like we're actually on holidays and traveling because we're continually mm -hmm. working. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I agree. Mm. Mm. Um, do you like paying the price Dean? Yes. I find it extremely satisfying when I know what the price I'm going to pay is before I get into it. Mm. Cause I think if you, if you set a goal and then you realize the price you're paying, uh, late, like after the fact, you can feel a little bit like you've been, you've had someone's, done you over or you've been ripped off or you didn't realize. But I think if I know the struggle, so like the contest prep is a perfect one. I know exactly what I'm getting into when I embark on a contest prep, but I get extreme satisfaction out of knowing that I can do what very few can. So the, the price that I pay there is actually satisfactory to me because it achieves a goal that not everybody can achieve, which is a certain level of condition. Mm -hmm. But I go into that prep knowing exactly how that's going to feel, mm -hmm. you know, and as do you. Oh man, I, why do I have to suffer? Because you're prepping. <laughs> you told me to prep too. Just I know. Let's just make this publicly known that Liz recommended that I prep for October. 2021, I did. Because 
Oh, I feel like I'm going to sound like a bad sport if I say this. No, it's, no, not even that. It's, um, it will be like probably my last opportunity to have a f- proper crack. Yeah. Like, so like right now I'm paying the price of eating lots of food, not missing training sessions, trying to sleep as best as I can. Like I'm doing all, I'm ticking all the boxes. Yeah, right? You are sore all the time. Literally the only meal I've missed thus far in 21 weeks, I missed two meals because I fell asleep on the couch and didn't wake up. Yeah. Um, so actually somebody asked me a question the other day on, um, my Q and a on Instagram, like anecdotal or even just technical, what's something you've learned since working with Joe, if anything, <laughs> I hesitated to say it, but I was, I don't want to say it and sound like a dickhead, but it's been more a confirmation of my bias that anything is possible if you truly want it. And then I think a lot of people that don't achieve it just simply don't want it. And I'm like, cause sometimes I think I ask too much of clients, mm. but bear in mind, my clients are wanting to achieve the same goals that I am. Dean only preps bodybuilders. Yeah. yeah. So. so my expectations of their commitment to the process is quite high mm. and it's not sustainable and it is asking for them to pay the price. Mm. And then when they don't, I always think like, am I push, do I have high, two higher expectations? Mm. Um, but, or am I just wired this way? Because like the 20 weeks ago, I flicked the switch and it's been like that ever since. To play devil's advocate though, you have already put in the work to set up a lifestyle that facilitates this Absolutely. being really easy. Some people have children to deal with or a shitty boss to deal with, or I don't know, maybe they just like haven't, maybe they live with housemates that leave chocolate cake all over the house or some shit. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's harder for some people. You, I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. And sometimes paying the price for being that good can also pay another price. Of your social life? And, yeah. yeah. You know. Like for some a, people, it could be their relationships because maybe they don't have such an understanding partner. Yeah, or they haven't had as much freedom in their food and their partners found stress in that or they had to train and then that cost them some social time together or whatever it may be. But again, these are all about that. The point of this whole podcast is to basically one as an individual who's embarking on the journey to achieve that goal, understand what price you're going to pay as an individual, mm-hmm. but then also understand what your social group is going to pay and then make sure that you're giving them the opportunity for informed consent, especially when it comes to partners and bodybuilding and fat loss and things that are going to restrict your lifestyle quite a lot. We think it's super important that you acknowledge it and then address it and address it first so that you at least know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. We should put a little asterisk here that the bodybuilding lifestyle is not for average Joe. No. If we think about what the like bodybuilding dieting is, you're bulking for most of your training life and then you do extreme cuts for stage. Neither are sustainable. Not, neither of the two are sustainable. Exactly. So we don't recommend that average Joe just trying to look jacked trained uh, eats like a bodybuilder mm. absolutely not no no yeah no it's good yeah all right um so there's there's no formula to figure out what the price is because it's obviously we don't know what your goal is and it's individually dependent but it's food for thought yeah i think even just write it down try and figure out where you're going to have some bottlenecks and some problems yeah and- my goal is the price i will have to pay is yeah and then are you willing to pay that price and then if not like just Where does that branch go? And then what can that make you achieve from a goal? Like maybe you don't achieve the goal, but you achieve a goal still. Mm, so like a compromise. Mm. Well, actually I feel like I've compromised because um, I am happy with my strength and the shape that I'm in and mm-hmm. my uh, level of body fat. Would I like to be leaner? Yeah. Would I like to have a little more muscle? Yeah. Am I willing to eat less calories and lift more weights? No, I I feel like I've hit the level of restriction um, that I can deal with and any more would just feel excessive to me. I feel like first or if you try to go the other way to put the muscle on. Exactly. And then if I, if I'm trying to gain muscle, 
I'm going to have to train way more and I'm not really willing to put in that energy and time commitment. Mm -hmm. So I found a compromise with the muscle mass that I'm willing to maintain and the conditioning or how lean I am. Um, yeah, and then you place a lot more value on other parts of your life than your physique. Because I, I found, yeah, I have other hobbies as well, so which yeah. is super, super helpful. Because I, I find a lot of my clients who have no hobbies, their hobbies are just like trying to look good naked. The second they have a fat day, we all have fat days, their world fucking crumbles because yeah. their body is their whole world. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's, it's really helpful to have other things to focus on. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. It's done. It's good. It's done. It's good. Would you rather ding? Oh, no. something we're sharing. Something we're sharing. My bad. Uh, I'll make it quick because it's going to be two. All right. First one is, is if you're looking for entertainment and you don't mind a bit of rap, and even if you don't like rap, mm-hmm. jump on YouTube. Uh, I was going to say Google. Search for Harry Mack. Uh, he's an American out of California who does freestyle raps online currently because of COVID. And he goes on a chat website called Omegle. The people on there don't know who he is for the most part. They give him three to four to five words or a topic and he just raps about it over a beat freestyle and he's fucking incredible. He is actually fucking incredible. He's legit. Like his brain just says some shit in some crazy order and he's freaking awesome. So if you're into some entertainment, that's that's why my meals cost take me 30 minutes because I watch one of those. Harry, Harry Mack. Harry Mack. What's your second? Second one is that if you are a person who's sick of eating dried chicken, dried meat, you can't afford expensive meat but want meat to taste awesome, is to buy yourself a sous vide S, uh, circulator, which is S-O-U-S, new word, V-I-D-E. French word? Yep. And basically, it's just like a, it looks like a big... Um, dildo. Yeah, big big dildo. And it goes in a bath of water. You just put it in a pot, and it regulates the temperature to an exact degrees for as long as you want. Digital dildo. It's got this little screen in it with some numbers. Yeah. So basically, it's um controlled How else were you gonna describe water it? bath... I was trying to think of one of those mixes were. Oh, like the hand. Like a mix master. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, no, so. a stick, stick mixer. I'm not a, yeah, yeah I don't bake. I don't know. Stick mixer. <laughs> um, it's a blender on a stick. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it leaves. So you just cook your meat inside a vacuum sealed bag inside water temperature regulated. The temperature of the water controls the doneness, like rare, medium, rare, all that jazz. And then the length of time you spend cooking it uh, determines the tenderness and chicken comes out having lost only like 10% of its weight. Whereas normally if you pan fry it, it loses 30% of its weight. So if you can do the math on that, that means it's 20% more what Liz? Volumes? Moist. Oh, don't. Oh. It's 20% more moist. All right. Well, we're done with the that. The level of moisture is at least 20% okay. higher. We're moving on. Would you rather, I'm going to ask you one. Are you going to ask me? Good one? luck with that. Cause that's not the, would you rather game? Oh, I've got cards against humanity. My bad. All right, you can ask, ask me. I'm going to ask you. I want to get a doozy though. All right. Just fill the fill Hurry the gap. Up. Fill the gap. <clears throat> Damn, All right. Would you rather? Crazy. Would you rather mm-hmm. only have sex in the bedroom or never have sex in the bedroom? Because we live alone, I'm going to go with never have sex in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Because that would rule out any spontaneous sex when wherever. Yeah. Now let's do this one instead. All right. Have, would you rather have legs as long as your fingers (laughs) or fingers as long as your legs? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking long fingers, man. Imagine the hand job you would give. 
I already give shit hand jobs, so that would be even more terrible. You'd have to stand outside the bedroom. <laughs> hey, I'll, ladies, or, or even boys who like boys, I'll give you the secret to the best hand job. Tell them to do it to themselves. <laughs> no, use your mouth. <laughs> secret to the best hand job. Mm. Um, so fingers the I'm, size of legs or legs the size of fingers? I'm going to go with legs the size of fingers, and I'll just get around from a wheelchair and then have use of my actual arms. Because what are you going to do and what friends are you going to have if you have fingers the length of your legs? Yeah, you're like beyond dwarf level. It's, well, I'm already short. I'm, I think I'm pushing five foot one on a tall day. But if you have a normal torso with finger legs, it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> but then legs the size of fingers, that means your legs, like what are they, a metre long? Dean, there's no winners here. There are no long fingers. Um, all right, guys, I think, I think that's a wrap. Uh, is there anything to keep up with flex? Uh, I already mentioned, I think, in the last solo podcast or guestless podcast that we did together, the book that I'm writing, it's come a long way. Um, I'm most of the way there. I actually hired a cartoonist to put some cartoons together for me. Um, it will all be revealed soon, but I, maybe I'll share the choking one. I got him to do a cartoon of somebody choking a potato for the book. It'll make more sense later. <laughs> and I, I had in mind, you know, like how Homer chokes Bart Simpson and Bart like has his mouth open and his, his head back. So I kind of had this image of someone wrapping their hands around a potato and the potato's like, ah, no. And he sent it back to me with somebody deep-throating a potato, like they're choking on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think there's been a miscommunication. He must think, <laughs> with... what a freak this chick is. <laughs> I think he's a freak for getting someone to gag or deep-throat on a potato. Yeah, if you say I want a choking potato, yeah, I don't want to choke on a potato. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Uh, that's pretty fun. I know. Mm. All right. Hopefully, this has been helpful. Food for thought. <laughs> See you, everyone. Bye.